0: The tree falls in the middle of a forest. Does it make a sound?
1: I have no fucking clue.
0: (laughs) answer is no, it does not make a sound, because the definition of sound is something that is heard. So it may make a noise, but it would not make a sound. warning we do post up spoilers at times we're relatively offensive we use vulgar language so if you think that any of those are gonna offend you in any way shape or form take your step back right now because buddy uh this is not the place for you any whom have fun listening to us and yeah this has been your final warning what's up fuckers Thank you for joining us here today at Cinematic Anarchy. I am Zef, been a while, and I'm here with uh,
1: Chris. Well, I'm always here.
0: Well, yeah, Chris is always here. But, (laughs) hey, fuckers, listen. I need to make up for the fact that I haven't been here for a while, so fuck this, fuck that, fuck you, fuck me, let's get fucked. All right, today we are going to be reviewing a very special movie to my heart, which is The New Guy, featuring DJ Qualls.
1: Not just your heart, to a lot of people's hearts, except for the critics who... uh, Universally destroyed, destroyed, destroyed the movie, the movie. <laughs> which I don't.
0: I really don't understand why. Th- everybody who has seen this movie loves it, and people who haven't seen it, I describe the movie to, which is why the, I came up and I wanted to do this initially.
1: But, well, I mean, let's be honest. If you're a critic and you're a lover of Citizen Kane and you watch The New Guy, your view is going to be a little skewed as a, as to what you you feel about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a stoner it's movie.
1: It's <laughs> not fucking Citizen Kane.
0: Yeah. You know, I I personally I was describing this to a few coworkers, and they were like, "This one's like a good movie. I've never seen it before." And so you know, it came to my head. You know, I, I ended up looking it up on YouTube, and I was I saw how like much they were just sh- shatted on by critics critics, and I was like, "All
1: right, Chris, you've got friends that have never seen the new guy." Yeah, like I've seen this movie. I don't know how co-workers, many times coworkers co co-workers. coworkers. Okay, <laughs> there's a distinction. Coworkers. We were coworkers once. Yeah, we and then we became friends. <laughs> okay. Alright, that's good. I'm yeah. ungl- I'm happy with that. See, we're still co-workers, too, technically. Yeah, we're, we're co-conspirators. Co-conspirators. Uh, fellow delinquents. I have to take that off of our page, by the way. I don't think that's really working. Fellow delinquents? Or the, the, whole, the whole, uh... What was that? Uh, derelicts thing that the, we got de- going on?
0: Something. You know it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
1: It, it was on the page. It's not really working. I think cinematic anarchy is fine. We don't need to... We don't need to leave that sitting up there. It was just sort of a hey, we could call ourselves this if we spread out under different headings. And I think cinematic anarchy, and then if we do our own thing, cinematic anarchy presents. What do you think?
0: Yeah, okay. simple enough. Why, why, why fuck with a good thing?
1: Right, and I, and we miss the cussing because we we don't we get some of it from the other guys, but not a whole lot. I'm the new guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, the new guy, uh, fantastic movie, DJ Qualls, Eddie Griffin. Uh, also starring some at the time uh, a fairly unknown uh, uh, Zoe Deschanel.
0: Yeah, Zoe Deschanel. There was um, Eliza. Uh, now,
1: Eliza. Any guy that any guy or or any guy that was sat down by his girlfriend to watch Buffy knows who Eliza is. Faith. Yeah. All right. Honestly, between between that between her role and, and Bring It On had a massive. Oh, God, you know, my family may listen. Ah, fuck it. I had a massive heart on for this girl for the longest time. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say it. Same. No, same. We,
0: we 100%.
1: 1,000%. We put a warning at the beginning of the podcast for a fucking reason. Uh, <laughs> and That's because uh, when we get together, sometimes it can get a little blue. Especially when you're in the mix.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's. I've told you from day one I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the one who says things that maybe shouldn't be said, and you know, or they should be said that are just frowned upon being said.
1: So In this social is, scenario. Uh, our review here of uh, of the new guy is coming to you via our uh, what we're going to call our, our midweek madness. Uh, I want to say once to twice a month we're going to release a podcast that specifically has uh, me and Seth doing a review of. I want to I want to lean towards just just fun fucking shit to watch.
0: Yeah, you know? I, I'm okay with that. You know. Um, pretty much anything that you and I can... That is considered a good movie, but
1: not but like... critically panned as bad.
0: Yeah, something, I don't, we're not going to do, you know, like the Titanic or, you know, March of the Penguins or anything like that. Those are great movies. However, there are spoofs of those movies. But there are spoofs of the movies. Yes, but, sure like, you know, something that a lot of people... I, I kind of like like leaning towards more like the stoner-esque movies.
1: Half-baked. Half-baked, you know. <laughs> Anything anything starring Dave Chappelle, come on. yeah.
0: Which is, his stand-up oh. specials were great, his you know, recent ones.
1: You know it's a good film with Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito and I believe Norm Macdonald, uh, Screwed, is a good one. I haven't seen it. Uh, Norm Macdonald did a good one called Dirty Jobs. See, these are movies we're going to have to sit down and watch for this fucking thing. Exactly. You know? And that, that way we keep uh, Seth in the mix, and occasionally we may be able to drag him kicking and screaming over to our podcast on the weekends. But right now his job requires him to work a lot of weekends. It's the holiday season; it makes him decent money. I got money. You gotta go where the money is. And uh, I like right, money. Right, right now it's not the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, We're-
0: I also like you know the the social setting of like working. You know, one of the reasons why I dislike sitting at a desk is because that's not me. At least, like, you know, waiting tables here at your local 99. Uh, (laughs) You know, doing that, like, I'm constantly meeting new people, speaking with new people, and being myself. So, Oh, you met new people
1: all the time on the phones at your other job? I
0: didn't meet them, and they hated me. That's true. Now, they hate me if I I mess up, (laughs) you know, which I don't. (laughs) The greatest waiter ever. All
1: right. And, uh, you know, the, the advantage of having you over here during the week is, uh, unlike the Sunday morning recording for our podcast, occasionally we might be able to sit here and have a drink or two. Yeah. Uh, I cannot. I don't do drinks at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you have occasionally put a little, uh, you know, a little bit of Irish in the in the coffee.
0: Oh, I, I'm not a day drinker. Fun fact about Seth is I get 80 times more drunk during when the sun's out. I can drink one beer and I'm fine at night. I can drink one beer in the day and I'm gone. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm a night owl. I'm weak during the day, strong at night.
1: Something like a, a vampire power. Yeah. You know? Drink drink a shitload at night, but during the day it's just it's, it's weak. You, yeah. You're weak sauce during the day. Day drinking Seth's not a fun guy. Well, day drinkers in general are not necessarily fun. <laughs> they think they're fun. Yeah. They think they're fun. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> uh All right, so...
0: Back to the back to the back, back, to, the scene back of the to the crime. crime. Yes. <laughs> so you know this is this is something that was directed by um, Ed Decter. Okay, who's who the director? But you know it was through Revolution Studios and Columbia Pictures. Okay, which you know they they produce very good movies. I mean, once again, I don't know why this is so
1: critically smashed. I think it's it's because they're critics. Well, yeah. It's there are not a lot of. Comedies in general, like comedies like this that get good ratings.
0: Well, romantic comedies get triggered well, romanti-
1: for some reason. That's because they're equal parts drama, equal parts romance, equal parts comedy. You know, a lot of those things that are set up as romantic comedies. Not so funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, Not so uh, fucking funny. Pitch, at all. <laughs> like, there's, there's
0: funny points to it, but like uh Fever Pitch do you remember that one
1: I remember Fever Pitch I, it I thought that, that was more comedy there. than romantic comedy
0: Yeah but it was a romantic comedy is what it was like portrayed under and...
1: Yeah I, I I didn't really feel the romantic part of that at all I mean <laughs> yes I guess there was a little bit of romance book, book ending the stuff in the middle Yeah
0: <laughs> I love the Red Sox <laughs> Woo! Number 1
1: uh, But this gentleman that Ed Tector he actually had a hand in uh there's something about Mary really. He directed there's something about Mary. Okay. So uh he's actually done a few films that I liked. Uh, there's uh of course there was something about Mary and uh Rebound, which was a uh I don't remember if you, I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh it starred Martin Lawrence. He actually was a uh I want to say a, either a former basketball agent or player. I, I want to say agent that uh got kind of rope they they found that he was cheating basically mm-hmm. basically uh, kind of shaving points uh, having his team shave points to kind of help with his gambling habit and he ends up uh, having to head up a team of high school children
0: yes yes I've seen it uh, I th- he was a
1: coach a coach yeah uh, he was I, was he a coach for like a major basketball team and he ended up I believe so uh, yeah. but
0: my whole thing like when you were like I don't think he was a player yeah he definitely wasn't a player. Oh, my apologies.
1: I must be thinking of a different movie. This one actually had to do with him having rage issues. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like an anger management thing. He gets banned from the sport, and he ends up up taking a job as a high school or a middle school coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, But Martin Lawrence playing a basketball player? No.
1: (laughs) No. Well, I mean, he could. Spud Webb was a basketball player at one point. You You had a lot of really
0: short basketball players Nate, uh, Nate, back Nate, then. Uh, Nate Robinson. You know, you, you have some sh- some short guys.
1: What is it? Latrell, Sprewell? That was another one? Little guy? Uh, There's a, little, a few. A, yeah, a few little ones. There was a, there was a few little guys that had, uh, I don't know how the hell they jumped as far as they did, but they did. Still slamming. Mm-hmm. What the fuck just came out of my mouth? Still slamming. Still slamming. slamming, Jesus
0: slamming it down.
1: Uh, I am too white to say things like that, I will have to admit. Uh, reverse, but yeah, reverse so, racism. Ed Dechter did have a hand in a couple of decent movies. Uh, he also, you know, he directed the Lizzie McGuire movie. That I did not know. Uh, so, like I said, a few decent movies and a couple that weren't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know some. Uh, Female friends that love the Lizzie McGuire movie. I, however, I do not care for Lizzie McGuire in general. Lizzie McGuire, no, but Hilary Duff
0: is a goddess. (laughs) She's—you wonder why she's not famous right now? Because she didn't have a stupid scandal, right? Okay,
1: she didn't have the stupid. Oh, look, I'm naked on the on. on She didn't have the atypical Disney Nickelodeon meltdown that some actresses and actors have. Some, not all. All of
0: them, except for Hilary Duff.
1: I'd say uh, JT kept his uh, nose fairly well clean. Who? Justin Jonathan Timberlake. Timberlake. Oh. Justin Timberlake. His biggest scandal was the fact that he dated Britney Spears. That was the biggest scandal he had. But he wasn't a, an actor. Yes, he was. What he was is he an actor acting? on the Mickey Mouse Club? Yeah, along no, with the, Britney the, Spears, yeah, and
0: that, that's that doesn't.
1: Actors, a twelve-year-old, but yeah, back he, in the day, no. He, he the Mickey he, Mouse Club. I don't consider that. He was that part big. of a yeah. Disney or and or Nickelodeon TV show. I mean, because that's about the same kind of thing as you know some of the little uh, sketches that they had on uh, the sketch shows that they had on Nickelodeon and Disney. Mickey Mouse Club became sort of like a little sketch show.
0: I thought it was you know? just
1: it was dancing, singing, little sketches, you know. But yeah. That was, like, what, in the 90s? Like, early 90s? Yeah, early, early 90s. Uh, but, I mean, like, that was kind of the same thing as Nickelodeon's, like, all that. A little a little more uh, on the cleaner side, because they were still very much a family, I think still are, really, a family TV show environment. No, nope. Disney, They're, um... Their shows border on the saccharinely sweet.
0: Disney does this thing where they, you know, um, enslave children, and Make them do this whole thing, and
1: yep, and they then, uh, and then they snap. You got to be like a, a triple threat. Well, you got to be able to be uh, marketed in every single humanly possible way. It, the whole problem with uh, how children stars are treated right now is that you have to be. It really doesn't even matter if you can sing because they can auto tune the fuck out of you. You just need to look good. You need to have an attitude, basically, that they can market. You need to be willing to to sell yourself in, in music, in movies, in TV, cosmetics lines. You know anything? They they need to be make, able to make money off of anything that they can put your face on.
0: And then you snap,
1: and they replace you with a robot. Now they just replace you with the next kid.
0: Well, Cologne? a clone,
1: clone, a clone, a clone, <laughs> not cologne. <laughs> clone. <laughs>
0: Going to One smells and one De actually Chanel. smells.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we got started talking about do- do- Zoe Deschanel, and uh, that was my trip over the tongue of the podcast right there. Sorry, we have a few. I do that four or now, five times a podcast. I just kind of stumble on my tongue, stutter, whatever.
0: All in all, there's a, a really good cast when it comes down to the new. Guy.
1: This was actually like an over the top good cast. Like, you can. See a lot of future stars and kind of stars whose uh, uh bit of fame kinda of passed them a while back.
0: No, I uh, mean, you know, you had Gene Simmons who was the Reverend. Yes. David Hasselhoff, me and me and Chris were talking about it. We could we couldn't uh we couldn't figure out like what, what role he played in the movie and come to find out he's like the post credits scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were going over doing a little research and you said David Hasselhoff was this movie? I'm like No, there's no fucking way he was in this movie. I don't remember him. Oh! It was was the guy that uh, Eddie Griffin was talking to the entire time. Technically, uh, being a narrator throughout the entire story, he was relaying the story to David Hasselhoff, who he was also kind of teaching the same thing that he he taught Dizzy. Yeah, look what I can teach you. I can teach you how to be a badass, because I guess he was kind of... I idea. guess David Hasselhoff was pretending to be a little bit of fluff. So Eddie Gr- was Michael Knight.
0: Eddie, Eddie Griffin is the reason why um, David Hasselhoff is David Hasselhoff.
1: Apparently. So I guess all of his mojo came from Eddie Griffin and his teachings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get to the plot
0: of the movie. It's, it's, so your basic
1: yeah. plot is uh, that uh, Dizzy, played by DJ Qualls, is, uh, is heavily picked on in his actual school.
0: His whole and high school career,
1: he has this uber embarrassing incident. So he figures, okay, well, it's the first year of my, my high school career, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in, go, go in there like a lion. I'm tired of being a lamb.
0: Yeah, like he has, he he has his whole high school career has been embarrassing moments. Right. And you know, like the year before, he was tied up to a chair with duct tape, and they put fake breasts on him.
1: Yep, yep. And apparently, that was something they did frequently. So it wasn't just him; they'd done that to uh, Eddie Griffin. His character as well. Well,
0: well, not the school itself, but his his previous prison, previous school, yeah,
1: yeah. or prison.
0: Yeah, that's why they they become friends. Like while he's (laughs) being detained for being heavily over medicated. Yeah, (coughs) but excuse me.
1: Yeah, not a problem.
0: But what he what he describes it as is um, he's he doesn't want to be a blip on the radar anymore, just somebody who's there. He wants to be.
1: And so he figures what he's going to do is hit on what he feels is the prettiest girl in school.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh who happens to be the biggest jocks in, jock in school's girlfriend. Yeah. Uh still still a little whorish. Which uh which leads to the no no that she wasn't. She the, the, the girl from the other school definitely was. Oh yeah. But you know, like she she starts touching
0: on his arm real quick.
1: And uh this leads to the the incident where where he basically is talking to her and I guess he, he pitches a tent right there,
0: which super weird. I don't know. She touches his arm and that's what causes right. the initial reaction erection. Erection. and she's like, "Oh my erection. God,
1: what is that? That's disgusting." Which leads to the old teacher who rolls up in her chair and grabs onto Dizzy's junk.
0: What is this? Some sort of weapon? Oh, it's mine now. We're going to take this to the principal's office. <laughs> She's trying to like, take his junk out of his pants to figure out what it is. And in a panic reaction, he, like, cocks sideways, which made his cock sideways.
1: Apparently that woman had a really good grip. Yeah, old ladies with their grip. <laughs> Grandma had a vice grip. She's like, uh, you know, G.I. Joe with the kung fu grip.
0: She must have had her, um, what's the stuff you put on dentures? <laughs> a little bit of polydent on her hand. Polydent on her hands, left over. And was Make sure once I jump. grab
1: on, I ain't, ain't coming free. <laughs> we, could, we could go ahead and bite into an apple with this sucker. We're good. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> gra-
0: or grab a cock.
1: Apparently. Forever.
0: And, and snaps his penis, which would be bad enough, but as this happens, his school counselor decides to say that he has Tourette's Syndrome which I don't understand how broken dick equals Tourette's
1: well he probably cursed a bit yeah but even so like and at that point if if somebody right angled my dick I'd be cussed up a storm like fuck shit piss fuck god shit, damn god it god damn it god fuck oh, fuck shit you fucking asshole
0: <laughs> yeah You know, she pats him on the penis, like, oh, nice pack. You know what I mean? Like, weird weird, fucking, you probably shouldn't be a guidance counselor nor prescribing medication to a child. No, no. And his his dad is, like... (sighs) He was also a loser. He's, like, the living embodiment of what he
1: was. Basically just the adult version of him. (laughs) Braces at 40 years old, you know.
0: You can always change. Look at my... (laughs) You know,
1: Mouth they're, they're, full of tin. <laughs> great, great father. You know what I mean? Well, the he's the definitely a great guy. Just, just. He's that dad that like constantly wants to be your buddy. He's not trying to teach you much of anything other than just constantly wants to be your buddy. Oh, it's gonna be fine. Buck up, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah. So good dad. He's definitely behind his kid, but he's also kind of naive about everything that's going on too.
0: Yeah, but you know, he probably had um, that. That aggressive, like, like oh, like you need to be on the football team, Dad, and like he was a nerd, so like you know, the, later on in his life he has a child and he's like, I'm not gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be my kid's best friend. You know what I mean? And
1: so yeah, I think what I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my mind around is how he ended up in prison. So he, they end up
0: going. So after he's prescribed the medication. They go to the.
1: Uh, That's the right. He mall. gets arrested at the mall after he invades the uh, choir. There. Yeah,
0: and he's like aggressively taking his Tourette's medication, so he like he, he, he pretty much overdoses
1: on it. He actually at one point feeds some of the Tourette's medication to a fish. Yeah, <laughs> they're like horse tranquilizers. Just here you go.
0: Yeah, and what happened to the fish?
1: We don't see what happened to fish. <laughs>
0: Maybe that's why he ended up in prison. Maybe there was sushi the somewhere in the movie. Yeah, maybe maybe nothing happened like <laughs> like him going up and taking over the choir. Maybe he didn't get arrested for that. It was for killing it was the like fish.
1: Fish homicide, you know.
0: <laughs> like, all right, let's put him in overnight. But he doesn't necessarily get arrested. It's more like protective custody.
1: You know, like they realized, "Hey, they made it seem like he had been there for a little while though, like getting all this information from these guys." Well, at first he, he
0: wakes up In prison you know what i mean just like being detoxed i don't know what protective custody throws you into an actual prison (laughs) you know what i mean maybe
1: uh, this is not the drunk tank he's in they put him in prison
0: and like maybe they were overcrowded but he ends up waking up luther's there this other there's this other guy with a mayonnaise jar I, I do they fuck the mayonnaise jar? I don't understand guys if you i still
1: say I still say if you got a guy with a with a mayonnaise jar that he's protecting in prison that's just a collections jar
0: no because that you'd think that, but like he comes in like what how he gets trained yes. is he exchange a bottle of mayonnaise huh yeah like after after this whole whole ordeal you know what I mean it um Luther jumps off the top, Eddie Griffin jumps off the top bunk, and he's like, he's like, gives him the, the crazy eye, and he, he's like, oh, God, I don't want any problems, I don't want any problems, he's holding yeah. his mayonnaise jar, and then um, he goes, are you looking at my Janet? You know what I mean? And he, yep. he Like, freaks out and hides. They, he starts acting crazy around him with his lighter and everything, and then he explains, like, th- they start explaining the similarities between prison and school, and how he was a bitch at his last prison, and then they're like, yeah, they tied There's him more weapons in school.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently,
0: but he. So he's you, the, the sex you want, you ain't getting. The sex you getting, you don't want. Yeah.
1: Which is again why I feel like the jar was a collections jar, But um, certainly mayonnaise.
0: When he comes back to the yard after he gets suspended, uh, after he gets expelled, yeah. he comes back. He goes to work. I got, I got expelled. He's, he hands a jar of mayonnaise to one of the prisoners. He hands his own jar of mayonnaise, fresh, like to come in. He, like, hands him a bottle of mayonnaise, a jar of mayonnaise. So I don't understand what the mayonnaise is for. Okay. Like, I've, uh, maybe, like, you put it in a glove and, you know, you fuck the, like, you make your own fucking whatever the fuck those things are.
1: I don't know. Maybe it's to fake an orgasm in prison.
0: No, you don't have <laughs> <mind.
1: laughs> I'm done. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I still don't <laughs>
0: understand the mayonnaise thing. But yeah. yeah. So, th- after he comes in and they, like, teach him how to fight. But this is all within, like, a week. <laughs> right. They
1: give him a haircut,
0: teach him so, how yeah, to th- There's a lot of things
1: that are, like, highly improbable about this. Like, them giving a paddy wagon escort in the whole friggin' Hannibal Lecter get-up to this guy. Yeah. Like, how did they convince the entire prison? Obviously, Eddie Griffin had to have something in with the, maybe the...
0: Well, the, you know... The, the even, warden the, or whatever. When he's getting his spider tattoo. <laughs> yeah. The warden's sitting down, getting a tattoo. Like, one of your wife's on the line, he's like, what the fuck? You know <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it was just, like, an all-around cool system that they had. You know, there was a the guy who tried to run away every day, and, like... He, always gets shot. <laughs> he always gets shot, and, like, it's just a, an ongoing joke to them. But, like, if, if you abide by the rules, they're cool with you. You know what I mean? Like, right. like I said, he's sitting down getting a tattoo. The warden. So like maybe he had the end with him and he was like hey you know like we're gonna help this guy out like let's break out the paddy wagon
1: and any prison that'll have uh, cool Modi and Henry Rollins as a uh, prison guards is <laughs> cool by me <laughs> that was not supposed to rhyme hey but it did cool Modi cool by me
0: yeah and Jermaine Dupree but my favorite <laughs> my favorite is like you know just his initial like
1: you know and they te- he teaches the crazy guy like whoosh, you know like. Yeah, I don't think DJ Qualls quite got the crazy eyes down like Eddie Griffin's got it. Yeah, but DJ Qualls has kind of got like that. I don't see how anybody could have considered this string bean like intimidating.
0: Once he knocked out the the toughest guy in school, you know that
1: added to it. But yeah, I mean even still, I think it became more about the charisma mm. than the actual like. <laughs> It out. Well he obviously knocked the guy out You know this is something that I mean, Even the guy was a little afraid of him at that point You know it's was like well you kicked my fucking ass
0: Yeah well It's That's like definitely like my favorite thing ever Like he has a list of things he has to do To be, like be cool He's like when you first get When you first, first day of prison Find the biggest baddest motherfucker And knock him out And he goes up and he finds the biggest baddest dude And he goes to go Fight him you uh, know what I mean? And, like, the dude, like, gives him one uppercut, knocks him, like, all the way down to the bottom. Right. And he comes back up, like, I ain't done. Like, I'm not going to let that happen. And he does this whole tiger claw thing where he kicks him in the balls and then knees him in the face. He's like, who's the biatch now?
1: And there's nobody around. Nobody <laughs> saw it happen. So, yeah, he has- and they, he proceeds <laughs> to drag him unconscious into the school. <clears throat> I mean, how hard must he... He's a string bean. Right. How hard did he have to kick him and punch him to fucking knock him down? I mean, this is like assuming K- that he had brass knuckles on.
0: Well, first of all, he kicked him in the balls. Yeah. Which made him lean forward, and as he's leaning forward,
1: he knees him right in the temple. Knocks him out. Yeah, I just don't... I don't I don't believe that DJ Qualls, of all things... I mean, like I said, they could have created <laughs> enough force. I mean, maybe it's the fact that he's so bony that... <laughs> He got, a, he got basically just all bone right to the temple. Yeah. You know, I, maybe that's the reason. Shook his brain. You know, a little bit of a... Got a boner to the brain. Yeah. But it's like,
0: <laughs> you know, he's trying so hard to, like, get everybody to notice it. And it was terrible, him dragging him in the school. like Dragging him in ah, the school, ah, propping like him inch up. inch by inch. Has to pick him up on the wall. Like, he, he like, push it, gets him up on the thing... Knocks him back into the hallway. Everybody walks in. Into the classroom. Boom. Right. He had to set off the fire alarm.
1: He had to set off the fire alarm to get everybody out there. So he had to, like, pick him up. And at this point, he is, like, drenched in sweat from, like, head to toe. Yeah,
0: so it looks like... He had to work extremely hard to fight
1: him, <laughs> you know? Oh, like, I mean, he basically had to drag him from the top of the steps in the courtyard. That had to have done some damage, too, by the way. Yeah. Because he had to bring that guy down the steps. Yeah. So <laughs> every, <laughs> every step, he's hitting his head. <laughs> so. And it's just like, it's nobody... Just a series of fucking concussions. Yeah.
0: He friggin', when he picks him up and stands up, he slides down, hits his head off the glass... And breaks the glass. <laughs> you
1: know? But finally,
0: he pulls the fire alarm. Every, everybody walks out into the thing. He, Use the biatch now! And then, like, lays a headbutt yeah. into him, which gives him the only real significant damage that he sustains, and that's a bloody nose.
1: Right. And
0: everybody sees him get knocked out. So he got
1: knocked clean out. He didn't have a lump of bruise, nothing. <laughs> you know cuz he got knee in the face that should have done some damage yeah
0: it was the initial headbutt at the end
1: regardless whether it was just a knee you know
0: yeah so all he gets is this little bloody nose
1: but still <laughs> he's well he he definitely was the bitch <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: but uh no this this movie it, it progressed pretty well i liked how i liked uh i liked a lot of the the visuals that they had it was definitely a better comedy than some i had seen for like teen comedies around that time yeah
0: Definitely,
1: uh, and uh, we can break down scene by scene. We'll be, we'll fucking be here all day, yeah. Because I, I could talk a, a blue streak about each fucking scene.
0: Yeah, like what uh, uh, I do like those the the party, the super slutty girl.
1: I like the use of uh, Tony Hawk. Yeah, the entire throughout the entire movie
0: because like he was relevant at the time, but why was he relevant for the movie? No fucking clue.
1: <laughs> I like the... Tony Hawk's doing this whole thing on a half pipe out in front of the party. He's like, oh man, you got Tony Hawk? How awesome is that? There's nothing more awesome than that. And then, here comes Dizzy down the way on the motorcycle, just jumps off the fucking, uh... Yeah, loses control, <laughs> goes off the ramp, lands, keeps going, like, I can't fucking believe I'm still on my fucking feet, and then he obviously looks back to laugh and then hits a shrub.
0: Yeah, it crashes into a book. That was uh, Jared Mixon's who played Kirk's father's bike? And Jared Mixon has looked the same since then to now. Like I don't he, it's like I don't, no difference. He cause... has not aged at all. He's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, this particular movie though, like I like the the concept of it. You know, because you know I, I like how when he he kind of like shuns his friends, he realizes that you know he's just becoming the asshole like like everyone else. So he's like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be that asshole. I need to. Ch- now that I have this popularity, let me change everyone. You know what I mean? Right. Change everything. And they throw um, Ed, uh, Ed, Ligget.
1: Ligget. Ligget. Ed 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 Liggit Liggit <laughs> Ed Ed
0: Liggit Ed Liggit Tuba. Oh then,
1: you know, yeah, that done. was a that was a Freudian slip right there.
0: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, but but um, you know, they throw him down. They, and he, he Stops the barrel, takes him out, and he's like, What do you ever do to you? You know, starts introducing the jocks to the losers. And, you know, my favorite scene on that one was when he's like, All right, he's going to help you out with math. And he goes, You don't remember me, do you? And he's like, No. And he's like, Stop. Ouch. You're hurting me. Your butt is crushing my head. And he's like, Whoa, that was you?
1: (laughs) No, I think my favorite part was like, The guy walks up to him, the jock walks up to Ed Liggett, and he's like, Dude. He, like, picks him up. He comes at him, like, really aggressively, picks him up, and he goes, I just wanted to say I am really sorry that I pissed in your tuba. And he's like, oh, <laughs> wow, I thought it tasted funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, but, but it comes down to it in the social settings. You know, they, there is people picking on people all over the place. Oh, yeah. You know, like, and it causes depression, suicide, the whole
1: nine. I mean... I seriously doubt this movie changed anything about that either. This was... You know, this is like one of those coming of age well, things, the, but you know,
0: you, I know, like in the, the the long run, it didn't do that, but no. you know, the way that he changed the school itself, it does show, like you know, fantastic
1: even, movie. I don't think any yeah. any of the kids went, hey, you know what, we we should we should we should go ahead and listen <laughs> to the little guy now.
0: Yeah, you know, but even so, they it show it shows like that that social hierarchy that is everywhere, you right? Know? And like how easily it could be teared down, but it just doesn't. <laughs> Nobody
1: tears down that wall no no nobody nobody really tries to either. everybody falls into their own little cliques they have their own little groups and everybody fights against it's everybody and you go back out into the world and when it comes right down to it it's really not that much different mm-hmm. you know you do it at, you do it on a work level at that point you're constantly fighting against one thing or another to get a foot up but
0: nope not me I'm, I'm a social butterfly. I'm, every, I'm in every click.
1: <laughs> I'm a, I am attempt to be a social butterfly, but I've been so anti-social for so long, it's just...
0: Ain't nobody fucking with my click. 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 Click.
1: You good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a song. So, uh, okay. Well, what would you say is probably... Uh, favorite thing about the movie, anyway?
0: Uh, favorite thing about the movie would be the... Um, like... What what guy would ever go shopping with me, and he's like like most guys like would wouldn't be caught shopping? And he was like, "Oh, I'm not most guys." You did say bikini shopping, right? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so we have the uh, Eliza the, uh, Dusko, or Dusko. I think it's the, uh, Dusko. Dusko, whatever. I'm not a literary scientist or anything, uh, but yeah. So we have her, and she does like her her um, swimsuit montage. Like, dancing and being in bikinis. and
1: Which is uh, periodically dotted with DJ Qualls kind of acting like a goof. Yeah, or just, like, crying at the... Crying. Audience. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank,
0: thank you. Oh, God, I'm so glad this could happen. That or when he, like, is about to get laid and he, like, he's there on the roof and he, like, tries to undo his pants and he, like, falls off the roof and she thinks he... D- yeah. Oh, that's not
1: Elijah Descu. That was no, this, yeah, the blonde that, chick. Yeah,
0: that was... Um, what the, what oh, the hell I can't was remember. Melody or. or something like that? Uh, Sonny... Um, what was her name in the movie? Though? Sonny Mayberry was Courtney.
1: Courtney, okay. Mm.
0: Alright. You know, but like, he, he falls off the roof. And then um, <laughs> my my absolute favorite people in any movie, if they make a cameo, I'm happy. It's uh, Jerry and Charlie o- o- O'Connell.
1: Right, yes. You know what one of my favorite Jerry O'Connell movies is? <laughs> Ever seen Tomcats? No. No. So many movies I've got to introduce you to.
0: And it's so weird cuz there's so <clears throat> many movies that I've seen that other people haven't too. You know, but um yeah, I, I remember, you know, it's just Jerry and Charlie O'Connell. Like they they're they, they were 90 stars. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what they were. <laughs> it's just 90 stars and they, they they could appear like I said they randomly appear in this movie.
1: They randomly appeared in a lot of things. Right,
0: but it was just Epic when they like show up. It's like they're in the movie too, you
1: know. Uh, no, I definitely, I definitely like them in the movie. I think probably my favorite, like I said, my favorite appearance. Actually, it had to do with them too. The whole thing at the football stadium Tony where Hawk. you have Tony Hawk in between the two of them, and they spill their, uh, their popcorn, popcorn on him. He comes back with this massive thing of popcorn and just starts cheering the other team. Ah!
0: Go ah. Rocky Creek! Go Rocky Creek! Go <laughs> Rocky Creek! Go!
1: And then they cut away just before the O'Connells try to kick the shit out of him. Yeah,
0: they start beating the shit out of Tony Hawk. <laughs>
1: well, fuck that. Uh, I particularly like Horatio Sanz in the movie. Was he the... Um, he was the dancer. The, in, in prison. Yes, in prison. Yeah. So he, he played the... Well, the dance instructor. I think they gave him a name. Well, no, no, no. I'm
0: thinking the hairstylist is who I was thinking of.
1: No, I'm thinking about the dance instructor, yeah. the one that came out in, like, the leotard and the, uh... Yeah,
0: didn't he, um... He played in Step Brothers. They did the Michael, um, the cover band at the end. Yeah. During the Catalina wine mix oh, he does a lot of Yeah, he did, stuff. yeah.
1: But, no, I think he was probably one of my favorite actors in the movie. I thought that was, uh, a pretty good role for him. Uh, I would say, like, I think, like, a lot of the scenes, uh, the original scene, the th- one that he, uh... DJ Qualls did the imitation of Patton. DJ Qualls did what? General Patton. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that first time where he gets out on the field and, and, and does that the whole uh, monologue from uh, the movie Patton. And
0: he, like, hits his hand.
1: Right. Hurts himself. <laughs> uh, probably one of the better scenes. I, I kind of liked his ways of motivating the football team to, to do better.
0: Yeah, and they, they, they ate it up. Do you know what the crime is for stealing another man's horse? Death? No, but it's probably a hefty fine. What is this? What is this? Iraq? <laughs> like when he says death? No, I believe in Texas, it
1: is punishable by death. Stealing a horse? Yeah, I may have to look that up. I, I would hope that it wouldn't be punishable by death.
0: Yeah, like that was a thing. You got to think where where.
1: And uh, Josh Charlie Todd was City. actually uh, probably. One of the better actors in that movie too. He had a very, he had, I think he was just there for the tattoos, really, like just to be the tatted guy up in the prison yard.
0: More than likely, Yeah, uh,
1: lead singer of Buck Cherry. And then we had mentioned that we had talked about that earlier.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But all in all, no, it's definitely. I don't think that it deserved as bad a ratings it got overall from uh, from critics. Not a lot of people appreciate sort of coming-of-age teen comedies anymore. You know, you don't see a lot of stuff like Can't Hardly Wait and, you know, American Pie, shit like that. This was sort of a cleaner version of the, the, the high school movie. Yeah. I've lost you for a minute. You're in yeah, your I'm phone. I'm
0: still looking up Punishable by
1: Death. If you Well, I mean, look, you don't need to figure it out. If you don't steal a horse in Texas, you won't need to figure it out. They won't have to kill you.
0: What if I need? What if I want to steal a horse in Texas?
1: I, I am guessing.
0: I am well, guessing.
1: If you steal a horse in Texas, it may not be punishable by death. But if you steal a man's horse, he probably will fucking kill you.
0: Yeah, no, it's not punishable by <laughs> death any longer. At least right now, it's considered a second degree um, felony.
1: Second degree fel. Well, they can only. So It could be punishable two to twenty years. They can case. only charge you with a second degree felony if you don't have a bullet hole on your head. This is Texas. Yeah. You know, you try to steal a man's horse in Texas, if you get off the property alive, you're a fucking lucky son of a bitch.
0: Right, but that's the whole thing. You're not going (laughs) to just steal their horse right in front of them.
1: Everything's bigger in Texas, including their damn guns. Mm -hmm. And their property. (laughs) All right, so I think this is a... We've said quite a bit about the movie. Anything else you want to add before we head off to to our sponsors? Uh, No, I mean, fucking... Fuckity fuck fuck. That's about <laughs> it, man. Just
0: fuckity fuck fuck. Give two fucks, man.
1: Well, it's always a, a pleasure to have you around here, Curson.
0: Cut shit, piss.
1: All right, When well now we're straying Yuck. into <laughs> George Carlin territory. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after our sponsors. Uh, sponsors now. Two, one, two. Thank you. One, two,
0: one, two. Fuck
1: Alright, well thank you for sticking around after our sponsors once again, because we always thank you if you sit here through the two minutes worth of sponsorship to listen to the rest of what we have to say. Do it! Do it more frequently. (laughs) And this is the uh, the pitch storm portion of our podcast. So, our midweek madness here, we don't have the uh, the tea with honey, and we don't have uh, Omar doing his thing. Uh, We go right into this. (laughs) Uh,
0: I don't have a thing. You guys haven't sent me hate mail yet.
1: That's basically what he's supposed to do. It's supposed to be everybody hates Seth. But uh, if you don't send him hate mail, he can't do his if thing. You, so. If you
0: love me, you don't hate me. I understand.
1: So there you go. That's the thing. Is it? Well, they don't send you the hate mail, you should feel a little more love. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody sent you a solid... I'm surprised your sister hasn't sent you something.
0: Oh, because she doesn't want the wrath of Seth.
1: No? No. Okay. So we're, we're uh, trying to go through a slightly different version of... Pitchstorm, at this point. Uh, So Pitchstorm is actually created by a fantastic company called Skybound, who also does several other games, including uh, Super Fight, and they also do uh, Red Flags, which is this horrible dating game. And so what we've decided to do is sort of do a variation on our Pitchstorm, where we create a movie using two protagonists. Uh, Basically, it's a romantic comedy-slash-horror movie. Uh, The two protagonists we draw out of our red flags box basically you get two good traits which is representative of the red the white cards then you get one really bad trait which is the red card and then of course we pick our villain out of the super fight deck okay so you could have something that's really mild it's not really more of an action movie which is kind of what we ended up with here than uh than a horror film so no freddy's no jason so
0: this could be a comedy what well, definitely... we're, we're going to throw together here is far on the comedy aspect. The
1: way I'm feeling is my guy conjured the two bad guys accidentally. <coughs> so, my protagonist, well, this is going to be a romantic comedy, so my protagonist is a professional chef, is his first good trait. His second good trait is never going to give you up, never going to let you down, never going to run around or desert you, uh, which basically <laughs> means he's rickrolled, could be a red card right there. That should be a red card. Definitely. And uh, his uh, red flag is literally won't talk to you if you're part of the wrong Hogwarts house. So
0: he won't let you down unless you're part of the wrong Hogwarts
1: house. So the actor that I picture playing this particular role, the second I saw that red flag, was Patton Oswalt. I pictured him through and through. You know who Patton Oswalt yeah, is. Yeah, of course yeah. you know who Patton Oswalt There's is. There's some people that do, some people that don't. There's a few people at work that have no clue. Peyton has no clue. Peyton who is also trying to become part of our podcast she wanted to be on for an episode or two I told her she could guest we'll see we will see if she wants to see. guest you know she got a guest she's got a guest in the middle of the week when you're on the podcast you yeah. know what I mean I that, that would be an inter- interesting interaction between the two of you because you're both equally as vulgar no i'm vulgar uh I work with her uh she 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 cusses even when the when the uh supers she are cusses. walking by I'm just <laughs>
0: bottom of the barrel like fucked up
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh your
0: protagonist looks exactly like they give me a blank here so i went with martha stewart okay and is a ceo
1: okay and we haven't decided what kind of ceo she is what kind of company does she own
0: anything it doesn't matter if we're going looks like martha stewart she owns her
1: so i want to say ceo this guy's a professional chef maybe she's the ceo of like a a chain of restaurants Okay. Which he's one of the professional chefs that run one of our restaurants.
0: Okay, okay. And as for the red flag, is always bragging about past sexual conquests.
1: Okay, so this is a very outward, very open uh, female character. And uh, do you have any people that you have in the running for, looks like Martha Stewart? You already said. Well, I I gave you an idea. You didn't have to go with that. Okay. So basically, this is a love story between a professional chef played by Pat Oswalt and the CEO of that same chain played by Helen Mirren. Okay, that's already a little fucked up, but that that's interesting. Listen, love it's a love doesn't story. doesn't have a number. Doesn't have a number. This could almost be like a no, I guess not really Harold and Maud because Harold is definitely a hell of a lot younger than Maud. Uh and of course the villains of the of the movie. Uh the villains are actually... Well, you got... Here's the second so, part of your villain here, by so the way. So,
0: I have... What I have here, it was Smoke Monster, armed with a samurai sword. Okay. Um, now, has a sidekick, who's a Nigerian prince, on a Velocipede.
1: Okay, we now, had to look up Velocipede. That threw us for a minute.
0: Now, <laughs> what I see this as, because we're working in a restaurant setting, is the Smoke Monster is, like, a meat smoker. Okay. And he's uh, just always constantly, like, ar- like smokes always around him. He's smoking cigarettes. He's, uh, like, constantly... Like- I want to say
1: this is, like, some big hulking guy, too. Not, like, yeah. not like strong hulking, but, like, you know, kind of, a little overweight, always kind of slovenly, kind of... Uh, you know who would play a good, if you If you dirtied him up a little bit, because you'd really have to dirty this guy up because he's kind of pleasant to begin with. But I think that Jarn Farvo could play this. Who's that? Uh he played he was on uh, Spider-Man. He's uh Tony Stark's right-hand man. Oh, okay. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You you could you could dirty, dirty him up a little bit. He's a kind of a big guy, but dirty him up, cr- surround him by smoke
0: all the time. He's constantly smoking cigars. Uh, we're going to skip cigarettes. We're going to go straight with cigars, like fat cigars while he's smoking meat. You know, so he's just constantly like...
1: And I want to say his speech pattern should go from kind of laid back, really, really kind of soft, and then all of a sudden he'll get excited about something and it'll just ah, boom! Like he's like yelling at you like a drill instructor in a military uh, setting.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's an asshole. And the only person he likes is his is little sidekick, the Nigerian prince on a velocipede.
1: So our Ni- our Nigerian prince, I feel in this movie, he he actually he-, he rides around a velocipede. So
0: like he gets to work on a velocipede, like an
1: old like nineteen or eighteen hundreds bike, the one with a massive front wheel and the little back wheel. This is what he literally bikes to, inf- and it looks fucking weird in the middle of. I want to say uh, let's make this Chicago. Yeah. So Chicago setting, he's going down the street. <sighs> everybody else is going around, you know, doing their thing. You got bike messengers or whatever, people on mopeds, and this guy's. Trying to drive this down the sidewalk in the middle of, or uh, down the street in the middle of fucking Chicago.
0: And he's always smiling, always this big smile on his face.
1: Uh, I want to say he's an he's a Nigerian prince, or he believes he's a Nigerian prince. Uh, so he basically he's very well convinced that his his parents sent him over here to learn how to work in America, and he, they feel that he was a little too soft and that they would never. They, he would never be the king that they want him to be, unless, of course, they sent him here and toughened him up. Sent him here with with all of twenty dollars in his pocket, and he needs to figure out how to make his own way for the next few years.
0: The one thing he got them to, he convinced them to let him bring was his velocity.
1: And uh, he doesn't understand why nobody will return his emails. He's really trying to, you know, help people out with some money. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, ah. Uh,
0: you know, so essentially, because, you know, he's
1: the villain. Okay. You know, he's in love with. Well, who's our Nigerian prince? prince? So we need a younger guy.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I'm just going to go. Let's go with Eddie Murphy. No, 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 no. We prince. need a younger
1: guy. <laughs> he, he's, he's done the coming to America thing, but we need a younger guy to play. Uh,. We could do you. Maybe we could even use uh not Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's uh, a bit on the the younger side. He's small. Smallish.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, he'd have to skinny up for the role. He'd
1: I'd say he'd have to slim down a little bit for the role, and maybe he'd have to do a little bit of accent training. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he could do the Nigerian accent. Well, it's possible. Maybe. Uh, yeah,
0: you'd definitely throw him in there. He's the comic relief for the bad guy. Right. You know. And the bad guy's just in love with um,
1: he lives he lives with the, the, the smoke monster,
0: yeah, the, who had a room for rent, right gave him the room for rent and then needed somebody to help him like at his work, so he gave him a job and everything and like he just messes yeah. everything up.
1: But he follows John Farvo around like a, a little lap dog, and and he, John Farvo, you can tell, hates it. The smoke monster hates it.
0: No, he loves it. Like, he's his only friend. Like, no, he treats he, him like shit. He but...
1: hates... Like, he, he outwardly looks like he hates it. Like, he, he outwardly complains about it and is a about it, but he, he tolerates him. Yeah, because... You like know, Probably like his only friend.
0: Yeah, his only friend. And his, his whole role on this is to break up the two... The two that the chef and the
1: CEO. I wouldn't say break up the chef and the CEO. I want to say that this guy is his main rival. Yeah.
0: The, so
1: the, this is a chain of restaurants, and this I'd say Patton Oswald runs one downtown, right? So he runs one of the upscale restaurants. This guy runs the same restaurant, different uh, different part of the chain, but this is in a bad area of town.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So two very very different people, and they've decided. Well, look. This place is not making enough money, and I can only keep one chef on. So, obviously, there's a relationship going on between the two of them, and they have to make it, have to make it look like they're not pulling favorites here. So, there's going to be a competition between these two chefs, and this fucker—he—he's trying to try to pull every friggin'—he wants to be the chef. He wants to run the uptown <coughs> joint.
0: And one of his one of his traits is he has a samurai sword. And that's how he like cuts his meat. I want to say I
1: want to say that he has a samurai saw, sword, a la John Belushi in in uh, SNL. Remember, you ever you ever watched the old SNLs? Okay, you have to. John Belushi has this whole character where he ha- he's basically like a samurai, but just in different modern settings. Everything from like a deli to a restaurant. It's 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 absolutely fucking fantastic. Look it up so, on yeah, YouTube.
0: I will I will have to. But yeah, like that's his thing, like I'll pop it right he, on afterwards. his his show, like like one of the reasons people love going to his is because like he like and he like, and like, cuts up all the meat to like the perfect like, the perfect amount, perfect quality, like, cuts in the meat. Like, like there's you,
1: literally a show that goes on in this restaurant. So each restaurant has their own, like, theme. Yeah. And there's a show that goes on in this restaurant. It's kind of like a hibachi kind of thing, mm-hmm. except for, in this particular case, it's more it's more like a stage show. So he comes out, and he he has to cut the meat for the restaurant, and he just gets, like, on a small stage, and he puts on this massive show. Yeah. And he's just he's great at screaming, yeah. you know. Yeah,
0: he's great at it, except for that,
1: <laughs> right? And people try to come up <laughs> to him afterwards and talk to him, and he just yeah, he doesn't talk to him. Yeah. Will not talk to anybody. Just walks through him.
0: Yeah,
1: right back to right back to the because uh, he's not interested in talking to anybody. He's not interested in being around people.
0: Yeah. Then we have our two our two main characters. Need to
1: fall in love. Okay, so that's all. That's our whole side story. That's our that's our Nigerian prince and the smoke monster. Yeah. Uh, our main story is supposed to be a love story between the Patton Oswald chef character and the Helen Mirren character. The uh, the CEO. Yeah. Now, uh, well, Helen Mirren's character is very overly impo- uh, She's very. Uh, I don't want to say imposing. yeah uh, She's just outwardly sexually aggressive. You know, yeah. like you, you know how they talk about like toxic males in the in the workplace. Yeah. You know these. She's kind of like that. She's the woman who, who outwardly locker room talk everywhere. Have you seen uh,
0: Grandma's Boy?
1: No, I have not.
0: Okay, it's definitely a movie you need to watch. But one of the characters in there is an old lady who's like I gave Charlie Chaplin a hand job like she fits this description perfectly.
1: You know that reminds me of the grandmother, the uh the grandmother character from uh Beerfest. No, oh, that's the whore. But yeah. <laughs> the whore. You know, she
0: she never like really like came out with it. This this woman like was like all about her like sexual experiences. She has like a book of just shit that she goes through. And she's like, "Oh, is that you and like this person, a famous baseball player?" Like, "Yeah, I curled his toes." You know, like <laughs> she, th- this particular character fits her like that perfectly. I
1: want to say a cross between that and Demi Moore in Disclosure. Mm.
0: But the, 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 the funny thing is, is like, um, what the fuck's his face? Um, you seen Reno Nine One One? Yes. He's the the gay skater.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I can't Lick remember something. his name. Worth the life of me.
0: Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. Like he falls in love with the the woman. Like the grandma who's like overly sexually experienced and like has Right. Like slept with like a
1: thousand plus people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh so I picture this sort of being like she pursues him and he's not necessarily interested.
0: So he's like, he, I mean, because he heard because Smoke Monster told him that she was uh, part of Slytherin House. Okay. You know, like he showed an interest at first, and Smoke Monster was like, "Oh, right." Like, so he has,
1: he has interest. Okay, so he he puts things in terms of of Harry Potter. I forget that. I forgot about that part. I don't think that I don't think Smoke Monster would say that to him. I think this is just something he would know in his head. Like, this is something where you, you pick... You, you know how they, they pick you th- through the sorting hat to be whatever house. And there's certain traits that follow along with each particular house. That's how you end up there.
0: Well, you could choose which house you want to go into. Harry Potter did that. But, like, I'm talking Pottermore. You go on Pottermore, you answer the questions, and it tells you what house you're in.
1: Right. So I want to say that, like, right off the top of his head, he knows all the basic traits of what house she would be in. Mm-hmm. It's just something, a conclusion that he came to in his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe, maybe it's something, like, they, they talk and he, he, he starts talking about his interest in the Harry Potter movies or the books. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's more of a fan. He goes, he goes he's, not just a, he's not just a Harry Potter fan. I, I am such a Harry Potter fan. I prefer the British versions of the books that they have marketed in the U.S. I've got the whole stack signed by her. He is like a Harry... Harry... a Harry Potter.
0: Harry Potter. Potter.
1: <laughs> he's a Harry Potter super freak, basically. He's like, you know, some of these people that are trekkies or they're 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 into star Star Wars, you know. Yeah. He's just he's, that he's, way about he's Harry loyal, Potter.
0: He's loyal to a fault as well. That's why he's such a good chef. Like he's like the best in the kitchen, like he knows how to help people out, you know, doesn't get mad.
1: I want to say that his stage act is very Harry Potter esque. <laughs> right? So it's it's almost a magic show. Uh, so but he she she starts to pursue him. Okay, She likes Harry Potter it, as well. Which is weird for her because he, he is not typically the guy that she likes, but she sees a spark of charisma in him and just wants that as one more conquest. And he just doesn't show any interest in her whatsoever to start off with. Mm. And I want to say that he I, wanna, I want him to be an ass about it. So I, I don't want him to be terribly likable either. Like, nobody in this movie sounds or really is likable.
0: Well, no, that's the thing. I, I, th- I feel like he should be loyal to a fault because he's never going to give you up, never going to let you down, never going to run and hide, never hurt, hurt you. I want to
1: say that's a, fra- a trait trait for him and his friends, not necessarily him and his dating life.
0: I, I feel like it should be a trait for everybody. Everybody he okay. meets until... Do you want to make
1: him painfully loyal. Yeah,
0: until he finds out that you're in the wrong Harry Potter house. And then he treats you like shit, and you don't know why, and he'll never tell
1: you why. And, but he'll he'll will see one trait in you, and he goes, "Fuck Slytherin, shit."
0: Yeah, and then like come to find out, you know, like they they do end up they get trapped in an elevator or something, and then find out like, oh, like I'm a Ravenclaw, and he's like, oh, I'm a Ravenclaw too. You know, you know what I mean? Like he he's <laughs> and then he starts treating just, her loyally,
1: just takes the. She's taking the test while they're in the in the stuck in an elevator together, just taking that that test on Pottermore.com. Just okay, oh, oh, I'm a Ravenclaw. What?
0: You know. Oh, okay, maybe you are. Like, yeah, this maybe is his, <laughs> this
1: is Pottermore is his uh, version of uh, Tinder, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. You know,
0: and like that, <coughs> that like let's say they get stuck in the elevator. You know what I mean? And like. like like you said, like he just feels like she's a Slytherin, so he doesn't want to talk to her at all. And like you know, she starts talking to him in the elevator, like yeah, you know, this is like that time back in the fifties when I was blowing, you know, um, some fifties guy who who, who played um,
1: who played what? Uh, you know, you and Omar it, had it's the same. A, it's brain a wonderful. Fight. It's
0: a wonderful life.
1: Oh God! uh
0: yeah, brain fart that one up. Fuck. <laughs> I can see him, too. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. So, like, she talks about, like, like, she's old. So, like, she has, like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, I was, um, that time me and Jimmy Stewart got locked in a, this is, this is worse. Than I don't know
1: that she's that old. Like, was she, she would have been really young back when he was old. Yeah, but she's just she's
0: just always bragging about her past her past sexual conquests. It doesn't mean he can't be old. I want to say I want to say that, that should, lady. I want to
1: say that that she should think about more modern, younger guys. Like she's into younger to middle aged guys, not older guys. So I want to say if she's talking about her sexual conquest, she's she's talking about the time that she she managed to bed down Ryan Reynolds or something. <laughs> You know, and managed, managed to get a James Hetfield and a Metallica concert, you know. <laughs> She's like, the, she has stories that you look at her up and down and go, no. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe maybe her biggest conquest was Alice Cooper.
0: <laughs> I'm still going with the dude from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> James Stewart. Okay. She's old. She would have been older than her,
1: you know. I mean, he would have been a lot older than her.
0: I mean, It's a Wonderful Life came out in 1946.
1: Right, when was she born? How, how old is Helen Mirren? Like, 1946, how old was she have been? Because Jimmy Stewart, he, he died at a ripe old age. He was an, old, an older gentleman even back then, in 1946.
0: We shall find out. As soon as she was born in 1945.
1: She was born in 1945. So Literally, 20 years.
0: 20 years he, after did movie, he did that movie. He
1: did that. 1946. She was born in 1945. Literally, she would have been one year old when his movie, that movie, came out, and he was middle aged. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you know, she's not that old. She's not like a hundred years old. I know. How how old? Uh, how old would he have been at that point? Like what age did he die? He was thirty-six. Darren, it's a wonderful life. Thirty-six. So he would have been about fifty-six. Twenty years when she from was then. 20. So twenty-one. When she was twenty-one. It's
0: James Stewart. If I had an opportunity, all right, to get locked in a freaking elevator with him at any year, okay, it's James freaking Stewart. You hear it here
1: first. Zeph would fuck James Stewart. I'd let him fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, I mean, it's a lifestyle. It's <laughs> all a joke,
0: guys. <laughs>
1: At this point, it's more of a bone than a boner, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, like this is tossing
0: is... some Viagra. That's that's how they. That's how it happened. They got locked in an elevator together. It was one of those old old timey, you know.
1: I don't think it's necrophilia anymore if you got to dig up the body first.
0: Yeah, no. Definitely.
1: If it's been buried that long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely necrophilia never feel like there's, some, dead, there's something else there yes. you know that, but that's the thing like he maybe popped like popped like a viagra and he was on his way up to his hotel floor and the two of them get stuck in the elevator so yeah. like you know he's just hard as a rock and she's like a 20 year old little little whore trying to and this is like what <laughs> sets her off on her sexual conquest to, like you know do all this crazy the fact shit. that
1: she was actually able to pull it off
0: yeah like you know like she had sex with James Stewart at the age of 20 and like like, like it also Stewart, is what
1: put her in a position of feeling powerful how she she went throughout her entire life knowing that she could basically get anything that she wanted. This guy, Patton Oswalt, she can't get him and that's what bugs her. Yeah. It's not that he's beautiful or anything or it's just that he won't give her the time of day. And he's like just a, not interesting. you
0: know like but he's a, he's a strong worker, you know what I mean? He's like he, he's dependable, he's all this he has really he's got good a girlfriend. traits.
1: He's got a girlfriend, I believe. you give him a girlfriend? I'm going to give him a girlfriend. I'm trying to remember this girl's name, too. But I want to say, this is what with the loyal part. He's loyal to a fault. He's a loyal worker. He's a hard worker. He's really loyal to his girlfriend. And this woman wants him. She doesn't give a shit. What stands in her way? Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like he has he has a girlfriend in this. Uh, you got anybody we should have for the girlfriend? I have an idea. But
0: feel like she has to be like a complete bitch
1: a complete you wanted to be a complete bitch
0: yeah so like her and smoke monster end up getting together in the end i don't want to say i want smoke uh, monster to be happy in the end just not what he initially wanted
1: oh okay because i i I mean i i see a i see this is particular actress fuck what is her name I'm going to find it. I got it right here. I got the whole thing sitting in front of me. I am going to find her, and when I find her, it is going to be less painful. I didn't find her. Fuck! Okay. Come on. Come up with some names for me while I try to find this chick.
0: No, I'm going to. Look, at, you guys should see this. A vein's <laughs> popping out of his head. He's, he's looking. It
1: is, yeah. There's definitely a vein popping out of my head. It's just.
0: <laughs> like, who I is it? I know.
1: I know. It's got an. Never
0: going to give you up. Never going to let you down.
1: No, this fucking bugs me. And they're not going to give me individual episodes' names. I'm trying to figure out this girl's... I
0: feel like his girlfriend should be like a big, big woman, though.
1: A big woman?
0: Yeah. Like Mitch Trunchbull. Big. Like... Oh, no, not that
1: big. I don't know.
0: Let's... Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, but she's... I don't see her playing a mean woman. She can be mean? I actually... Did you see The Kitchen?
1: your kitchen <laughs> No. well if you've seen my kitchen that's that's pretty fucking scary but uh, uh no so there's a movie that came out recently It actually just came out on blu-ray it's called the kitchen um it's about a uh group of women who end up taking over a section of, I, want, I want to say new york a section of new york after their husbands are put in jail mm-hmm. uh so their husbands are irish mobsters all right, so and they so they take, take over, over a twenty. Kitchen. They basically take over Hell's Kitchen. Take over a twenty-block uh, radius of Hell's mm-hmm. Kitchen. Um, played by Melissa McCarthy, T- Tiffany Haddish, and uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but it's the uh, lead actress from *A Handmaid's Tale*. And Melissa McCarthy, while she did play sort of a loving mother in this, also played a fucking badass bitch in that movie. So she can pull it off. And uh, you see, you've seen Tammy. She can play nuts if she wants to, too. Yeah, but I'm talking like just mean to a fault. You know what I mean? I'm all about casting against type. She's usually plays the lovable, kind of goofy, you know, kind of. I think we should cast her against type, yeah. and, and and she should just be the cruelest person that she could be, like Cruella De level cruel. Yeah, you to know? to him specifically. To him. Everybody else, she is, like, the most loving person in the world, but she browbeats him on a continual basis.
0: Right, and she has like, a thing for Smoke <clears> Monster, <throat> you know what I mean? But, like, like yeah, she's It's she like sees, bipolar, you know? Just, she sees Smoke Monster as the better um, performer, chef, the whole
1: nine. She's just embarrassed by the whole Harry Potter thing. But she's with him because he, he makes, makes decent enough, money. Yeah, you know. He's working in the uptown one, and Smoke Monster's working downtown in the... Yeah. In the and so In the butthole. <laughs>
0: she, yeah, so she ends up like kind of like trying to sabotage them while um, you know these two are working together to make their show that this particular show better. You right. know what I mean? And his girlfriend starts teaming up with Smoke Monster, and Smoke Monster is using her to sabotage his show so that um, he can get a better lighting with the other woman.
1: Okay. Okay, I like where this is going. Uh, so we need to we need to give Nigerian Prince a little bit more backstory. I think there should be like several little things going on here. I think that Nigerian Prince is in love with the smoke monster. You're gonna make him gay? Why not? I've never seen Kevin Hart play gay before. Neither. Yeah. So he is like it's not like something he recognizes right off the bat, but it's like one day they're they they're doing the the samurai routine and he's cleaning up after him and he just catches a glint of something and all of a sudden he is just enamored for the rest of the movie with him.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. He like he has his his twenty dollars. He goes in to apply. Something goes wrong. You know what I mean? Like he's late. Like he didn't know what daylight savings time is or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's late. So he takes his only twenty dollars and he sits down to watch the show.
1: Right. And that's when he's just. And I want to say that he sees Melissa McCarthy as a serious threat. So this whole backstory where we're talking about Melissa McCarthy basically uh, really falling in love with the smoke monster and wanting to help him win the competition, I want to say this rubs Nigerian Prince the wrong way. And I want to say that uh, the Nigerian Prince catches her in a meat cooler one time during during the show, during the competition, and... Uh, introduces her to the samurai sword <laughs>
0: becomes a murder
1: <laughs> and she basically she ends up in the meat locker and he's so skilled with the sword this is not something we know about him Yeah, he, he is just... so skilled with that sword they don't even realize that she's in that meat locker
0: <laughs>
1: she is now part of the meat that's in that locker and they don't know that they're like serving this food in the downtown kitchen this becomes a horror movie <laughs> it becomes... Sweeney Todd <laughs> <laughs> why not? Just one just psychotically horrible moment in the entire movie. Because it's like a weird kind of romantic comedy. Throw something in there that would... Everybody's sitting in their seats. It's a rated R movie. And they're like, why is this rated R? And just that one scene. And they're like, fuck.
0: Nigerian prince and him go to jail together. (laughs) Sounds good. And he's pissed. Smoke
1: Monster is pissed. Like, I didn't do anything. Blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. I don't think... No, he doesn't go to jail. I say that he is so skilled with that sword... They don't even realize that there is now human meat in the meat locker. He walks out of there, and there is not a scrap of what used to be that woman in the meat locker. It doesn't look like anything's been out of place. He's able to clean up real well. This guy is a neat freak. Yeah, but how do you get rid of the hair? He's a neat freak out of necessity because... uh,
0: How do you get rid of the hair, teeth, and fingernails...
1: Ziploc bags.
0: Like that. Just at one point, he walks out, just samurai that. sword in hand, just like a, a duffel bag.
1: Just he, cu- he 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 has the duffel bag over his shoulder with all the extra parts in it, and he's got the samurai sword in hand, and he's polishing up the sword to hand it to the guy so he can use it for the competition. And and just like <laughs> you never see her again. You never see her again. That is the only She walks into the meat locker, he walks into the meat locker, and after all is said and done, you never see her again, and he walks out with a duffel bag. (laughs) I want to say that should be like a quirk for the Nigerian prince the entire movie. Is he's weirdly neat about everything. Like the smoke monster, he will make a mess.
0: Then he cleans and he
1: cleans it up. Like he turns around when he turns back, it's clean.
0: But that's why that's why they click so well. Like, but but the reason why he's infatuated with him is because he's so dirty and messy and like that's complete. But he will not
1: allow him. You you cannot touch me. You're not allowed to clean me. Don't. Yeah, this is like an (laughs) argument they've had a couple of times.
0: And. you know, so, so Smoke Monster's, like, disgusting. He, like, cleans up after him. He's, like, loves that about him. And Smoke Monster loves that he cleans up after him. <laughs> you know you what know, I mean? That, that, getting...
1: that personal bubble's just a little too far for him. Like, how many fucking times do I have to tell you not to fucking try to clean me? Jesus Christ, you know? And just oh, oh, <laughs> you know? okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I apologize. This is it's, it's not Nigerian. not good. Huh? It's not Nigerian. I don't know. I can't do a Nigerian <laughs> accent. Well, you tried and you made it an Indian. <laughs> I, I made it I made it Indian, yes.
0: I am Prince Navigoma. What do you think you are doing? Get over here right now.
1: Nope, I, I did a bad job. I know. <laughs> I apologize for the horrible job that I am doing. This is not Nigerian. I apologize. It's horrible. But if you
0: would like, I will help. If you can do a
1: Nigerian accent, I will pay you to teach me a Nigerian accent. Anybody that's listening.
0: I got a friend.
1: Check us out on uh, <laughs> it's CinematicAnarchy at gmail.com or see us on uh, Facebook and just leave me a message. My buddy Kwame. Kwame?
0: Yeah, he like looks like young Eddie Griffin. No, no, forgive me, Eddie
1: Murphy. You know, honestly, but Eddie Murphy's accent in *Coming to America* does not sound that far off from a uh. from what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, that actually sounds mildly racist. I apologize. I no, I don't apologize. Okay, maybe I don't know. I was. Do you I'm, apologize?
0: What a loser! <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it's just that time of day for me. I feel like I have to apologize for everything. My family's home.
0: So, remember when I was fuck shitting? Yeah, I wasn't fucking shit, but I was fuck shitting.
1: <laughs> you were fuck shitting, fuck shitting. Uh, so I feel like that—that's a a good tick for the <laughs> the pitch storm there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's first one. It's a, it's a little harder to put you know the, everything into a movie reference, but I'm pretty sure we kind of nailed that.
1: Well, that's yeah, that's the uh, the big difference between doing it this way, where you take the characters and try to put them in a situation, as opposed to the Pitchstorm part where you take a situation and you try to add characters to it. Yeah. So, I do like doing this and I, I like the idea that we were able to branch out and add extra little characters to mm. it and I don't mind doing it this way and I think when we have more to the sets that we have, we can actually there were some other cards we didn't actually use. We didn't use mm. the situational cards and we did not use the uh, the cards for settings.
0: Yeah, we still got a decent amount of time into this.
1: Yeah, well, that's the whole purpose, to have a little bit of fun. And if you're entertained, fantastic. And if you're not, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you still listening if you're not entertained?
0: <laughs> you asked not that I you want you to go away. You uh, I'm picking stuff up over here. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, whoa, chill, man. Just, just helping. <laughs> I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning. That Nigerian
1: prince story gave <laughs> me some ideas.
0: <laughs> I'm prince. do Goman.
1: All right. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in once again to Cinematic Anarchy, and uh, we are available on most podcasting formats. We're up on Twitter. We're up on YouTube, Facebook. We're kind of up on YouTube. There's not a lot to what we have on YouTube right now. Just wait. We are we are working towards it, and uh, eventually uh, we have a uh, our first fairly decent live stream. This is what we're working towards right now. Um, we're actually going to be donating all the proceeds from the first str- live stream. It's going to be a charity live stream. Uh, and everything that we managed to take in for that charity live stream, uh, we've agreed, I, I say we, we actually haven't had you over here to discuss this. Uh, but Omar, Miss B and myself, we actually agreed that we're, uh, donating to a charity called the, uh, oh, the Trevor Project. Me, yeah. Oh, we have talked about yeah. this? Okay. You know what the Trevor Project is? Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a few people that actually want to be part of the live stream, kind of get involved with that. And this is going to be like an all day long thing. So we are literally going to get together. We're going to have coffee, donuts. We're just going to get together early in the morning, and it, you can pop in anytime you want if you want to become, you want to come well, over. Well, the to thing be part is, like
0: you said, you just have to give me a time frame so I can make sure I take the de- the time out.
1: Well, I mean, it being yeah, so like I said, we can make it a time frame, but it's going to be like maybe a Saturday.
0: Well, yeah, you just have to tell me, like, the time, you have to give me, like, a a week or two before I can, so I can put that in as a request off, that way I can work. Okay. You know what I mean? And then I'll be here, I could be here the whole entire day, you know what I mean? We could start the day off with coffee and donuts... And then for lunch, you know, like I'll whip something up or then somebody can whip something up for dinner. You know what I mean? And with like as, as the stuff's going on, like...
1: I say we just get a bunch of cash together and we just... Fast food. What are we going to have for breakfast? Oh, we got Dunk's and Donuts. What are we going to have for lunch? Oh, let's get some subs. What do we have for dinner? Just pizza. Just one order some pizza. Have them deliver it. Drag, drag the guy in here. The guy, is he delivering food? Smoke. Tell him to come here and say hi on the podcast. We we'll can
0: smoke some weed.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The last time we recorded something, and nobody's heard this yet. But seeing as we're putting this out tonight, <coughs> we are a week before Thanksgiving. The week previous, Mr. Zeph and I sat down and we recorded a podcast. What the what the fuck was that movie we watched?
0: Um shit. What the hell about was the it? The two the the
1: two cops and the one gets reanimated. Oh, yes, we watched Dead Heat. Dead Heat. We watched Dead Heat. And that was a fantastically bad movie. But I handed Mr. Zeff a cookie before we started this whole thing. Now, this is a cookie made by Omar, the man. No, and this was a special cookie.
0: No, now, mind you, when you get a special cookie made by your friend, you're like, alright. Like, whatever. No, I, I ate the cookie, and I was like, comatose.
1: I did not give Mr. Zeff the prior warning that I got from Omar. If you're going to eat it, just eat half. that's what he gave me as the warning they tell me
0: that all the time and I'm like yeah whatever and I eat it and I get stoned but like you know like it's not like smoking weed where like I, I know my limit you know like hey no like I'm done
1: you know, you know like, it's not like a couple. I of, yeah, you know, a couple puffs in. Yeah, I think I'm good. You know,
0: yeah, like if I'm drinking, I don't smoke. If you I'm eat drinking. a
1: cookie, you're gonna finish the fucking cookie, like, <laughs> right?
0: You know, and you I don't eat, know
1: that you're done until you're done, right? And it's not
0: like I, I couldn't function; I just couldn't do a podcast.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you were non-functional. We are gonna put that podcast out at some point, or at the very least, we're going to do a podcast where Seth sits down and we reminisce over the fact that he was too stoned to do a podcast one day. You don't want me to do a podcast super drunk. I don't mind super drunk. I've seen you with a few beers in you and that was not too bad. <laughs> that was not too bad. We actually remember. That's what we used to do. First couple of podcasts. I want to say first 10. We got together in the evenings. We sat down, we drank, we introduced the beer the fucking week, whatever the hell we were drinking. Those were good podcasts. I loved that. Then we started doing it on the weekend and I need to say I need to say this. Miss b mr omar if you are listening to me and i'll probably talk to you this weekend about it too but when it comes right down to it i am not a functional human being in the mornings same like i can sit down and talk a blue streak and have a lot of fun this time of night we're, we're recording right now it's like nine almost ten o'clock and and we're recording we're having a bit of fun mm-hmm. and i can go back and forth and do the banter and i'm good i'm not like cloudy but you wake me up in the morning and try to get me recording a podcast around 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. I haven't had enough coffee, haven't had enough to eat, haven't had my shower for the day, and I'm trying to do a podcast stinking hungry with a need for caffeine. You know, that's not a good position for me to be in trying to do a podcast. It's getting cranky. <laughs> cranky is. Well, you know, if you're sitting around a bunch of people. Drinking beer and you don't have caffeine in your system? Or you don't have beer in your system? You get a little cranky, like, yeah, I want a fucking beer. I want a beer. Try to put this into terms that you'd understand. You don't do coffee. I don't. Energy nah, drink. You're not a coffee person. I'm not a morning person though. You're barely an afternoon person. You're barely an afternoon person. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've called you a few times, like three in the afternoon. What's what are you doing? I was sleeping. I was taking a nap. When did you take the nap? I think I started it at like uh For this morning. See,
0: see my whole thing is, is I don't sleep at night.
1: You're a vampire. So then, like the day. This is why you can't day drink because you stay up all night long. (laughs) To day drink, day drinking for you is like drinking at two o'clock in the morning for me.
0: Yeah, two o'clock in the morning, me drinking. It's
1: like yeah, whatever. All right. Well, that's your that's your afternoon. Two o'clock in the morning. But then I go out
0: and you know like I like I'll stay up all night, I'll go to work, off like three hours of sleep, and like, I'm like,
1: you have the reverse switch flipped, where where like, night is day, and day is night.
0: Yeah, but I'm like, I could be exhausted all day long, and then the second like, the, the sun goes down, my body's just like, wake up! And then I'm like, this like <laughs> this guy, I'm, the, I'm me. <laughs> it's like, I have my superpowers at night.
1: You have like, an ex-girlfriend, that was like, a real blood sucker? <laughs> all of them. Really? <laughs> See, I'm telling you, you're a vampire. One of those bloodsuckers, they really were.
0: Yeah, well, you know, they didn't give me any good traits other than staying up at night. That's why you're so
1: white, too. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not much better. I'm I'm a little whiter than you are. At least you can keep a tan. I don't tan, I burn.
0: I'm still white.
1: All right. Again, thank you for for (laughs) listening, and, uh, well, I've already told you where you can find us. I'm not going through that shit again.
0: (laughs) Cinematic Anarchy is brought to you by two motherfuckers then three and then four
1: i i don't think i've ever fucked a mother yeah well somebody else's mother
0: you're not fucking your mother <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we should hope not anyway <laughs> at this point that would take a, a shovel yeah it's this necrophilia thing again uh. <laughs>
0: I'm going to apologize for him on this one. Sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> well, you, you're, the, you're the one that brought it up. You, you said motherfucker, and well...
0: <laughs> and then you said, I've never fucked a mother. The first... <laughs> At least not my mother.
1: Like, yeah. Well, yeah, of course not my mother. It has to be somebody else's. It can't be my own. That's just a little fucking weird.
0: The weirdest.
1: weirdness. I don't have an edible complex.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Goodbye.